You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with Jason Hunt. Thank you for joining us for episode 200 of the Merged Marketing Podcast. Uh, it's quite a feat. I know we started this podcast back in February mm-hmm. of 2020 and have been pretty consistent mm-hmm. ever since. And now we've finally gotten to episode 200. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to kind of talk about, well, not just the state of digital marketing here and now, but how we kind of got to where we are now, but also where marketing is and diversification and the importance of diversification with your marketing strategy. I'm hoping that this episode provides everybody out there watching or listening with a ton of value and they can get some tidbits of information that they can take away and pull into their own marketing strategies within their business. It's one thing about this this landscape, it's become very, very noisy. And as the years progress, it becomes more and more noisy. And there's more and more of a need to stand out and separate yourself from all of the competition. And it's getting more and more challenging and it's not going to get any easier. 100%. And I, I think to, to speak to um, this big episode 200 milestone, I think that's what you've broadly been talking about for the last for three and a half years, right? The last 200 episodes is how to do that, right? Like acknowledging that the landscape has changed an unbelievable amount, not just since you started the podcast, but like since, you know, we got involved in marketing and digital advertising. And since you've been doing this now for over a decade, there's so many changes. And I think just speaking to like what people take away from this experience, I I hope it's homework. Like I hope it, People listening are like, shoot, I should be doing X or Y in, the, in marching orders. You know what I mean? One thing about doing like 200 episodes yep. is each episode is there's a unique takeaway. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at any of the episodes on this podcast, they're all around 20 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. If your workspace is a 20, 25 uh, minute commute from your house, you can consume one episode, have one massive takeaway on that commute to work. And it was yeah. designed that way. Yeah. And it really was not a podcast about diving into life stories, this and that. It was really about a framework that every one of these 200 marketers had yeah. to provide to our audience, to you guys. So uh, definitely I recommend going back there, seeing if there's something that, resonates with you because we touched on pretty much every topic from you know customer lifetime value to TikTok yeah. advertising to organic social to SEO to Google advertising. Everything is covered in this podcast. So definitely go back out and check it out. But one thing that uh, I've actually got to learn selfishly from all of this, uh, this entire experience was being able to grow myself as a marketer and gaining a lot of insights and different perspectives on marketing. Because at the end of the day, everybody has a different perspective. Yeah. And I think that's actually, when we were talking about this episode just before we started and why we settled on diversification, I mean, for context, you and I have been doing this now since 2016. We're aging ourselves a little bit. But talking about growing you know, into more diverse campaigns, into more opportunities, into more successful marketing plans, um, I think when, when most people start out, and I think you and I fall into this category, um, most people start out doing one thing that they sort of approach. And I talk about marketers and business owners, people promoting their businesses, pr- picking on one thing that they perceive as the golden ticket, the, the one size fits all solution. And it, it's why so much in the world of marketing doesn't make it past the first year or three. Right. I mean, like 
going way back into the archives, your first promotional digital ad gig was promoting a band on MySpace, yeah. right? And like using that platform to get what we would now call like reach and impressions and engagement. Um, and then when we started working together at, at Fresh Crowd back in you know, Represent. Represent. If you're watching the episode, I still have my Fresh Crowd hat, which I, I still rock uh, with pride. Yeah. But like, but that was an agency that prioritized specifically like Facebook organic content on day one. And like, and that's, that's one piece of a colossal puzzle now like 200 episodes long. Um, I think that's what we talk about when we talk about the changing landscape. It's the recognizing that like, there is no golden ticket. Like if, 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 TikTok video influencer ads worked for every single business. Everyone would do it and everyone would be rich, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the reality is the homework of advertising and marketing is looking at all these different avenues, all these different episodes in the case of this podcast, all these different campaign opportunities and finding what works for a niche, for an industry, for a business, for a particular business owner's personality and personal brand. And I think that's the value of these last 200 episodes is that something in there is, is yeah. the solution. I think what, and what I've noticed over these 200 episodes and over one thing about the marketing industry is you can never become complacent because mm -hmm. things move so fast and so quickly all the time that packages need to change all the time. Um, whatever campaigns we're running for clients are always evolving mm -hmm. and we have to pivot uh, you know, the things that we were doing six months ago, we're no longer doing today. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? So, um, and that's one thing, even these episodes, like every single one of these marketers that is featured on the Merge Marketing Podcast has a unique sort of, um, what do I want to call it? It's a, it's a unique, well, it's a unique value proposition, yeah, that, that a perspective, yeah. right? Whether it's quizzes are the way to do it. You yeah. got to be doing quizzes or you, you know, you got to be doing this certain way of follow-up and CRO, conversion rate optimization on a website. Whatever yeah. it is, there's there's so many different things. So for a business owner, I think it becomes very, very overwhelming because they don't know which direction to go. So, yeah. um, you know, and and that's where they lean. A lot of those you know, initial phone calls through discovery calls yeah. are really based around figuring out what that client needs. Now, I am so thankful that, you know, just to go back yeah. that, you know, from my old agency, Fresh Crowd, our old agency, Fresh Crowd, we were only doing social media, organic and ads. Yep. And that was it. Like we were essentially a one trick pony at the time. You 100%. Know? And um, and so when somebody came to me and it's like, uh, what about SEO? Of course, I'm not going to talk to him about SEO because that's not going to, it doesn't align with my business model and my offering. What about Google ads? What about email marketing? Nope. You guys do that? You need social. That's it. Do social. Yep. So because, you know, you want that, you want that budget. Yeah. Um, so let's, this is why it became super important and imperative for, for me to merge fresh crowd with Casio, an SEO company Barker. called Casio and Barker social. Yeah. And so we merged all these companies together into one to have that one-stop shop. So now on a sales call uh, or a discovery call, yeah. I'm not throwing, you got to do social media organic and post yeah. on your Facebook page down their throats. I can now look at their business holistically yeah. and provide an you know, omni-channel approach and be like, you know what? Maybe we should get some high intent traffic from those Google searches and those and, and optimize your website for SEO. Yeah. And by the way, let's do some retargeting on social to stay top of mind with those people that have that, that problem. 
And I think not not to plug this podcast for like the 50th time. Yeah, you keep plugging this podcast. I do because I think there's so much value here. And I'm like, <laughs> I think that's it, it, it's the reason for like why this happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because I to talking about how this landscape has changed. Look, I think you wind the clocks back almost a decade now. I think most people in marketing, advertising, especially digital, did just one thing. I think that's actually what's changed the most is seeing agencies like ours and, and I'm sure others in the space expand to the omnidirectional, omnichannel marketing approach because of all of these different experts in all of these different fields that make a bigger campaign and a better campaign, right? Now, I, I do think the secret sauce, the strategy behind that is figuring out where most businesses, small, medium, large enterprises need to start and where they can go. Because you were saying recently about how, you know, someone hits you up on a sales call and, you know, eight years ago, they definitely need organic Facebook posts. Definitely, right? Now, you know, it works for some brands. It doesn't work for all of them. I think what's changed significantly is is the skill of the marketing professional or advertiser is more about now identifying in a colossal sea of options, which is right for a particular business or brand today, where they could be in three months, six months, 12 months, and how to use like, you know, everything that is available to digital advertising, not just, and not just like TikTok videos or whatever, not just like LinkedIn ads or whatever it might be. And, and being able to strategize in a huge picture, a very bird's eye view to get a business to that place. Because that's what I think what the real value is, right? It's not saying, I'll go back to eight years ago, right? I think there was value in saying, you, you need to be posting on Facebook. And that was true for most businesses. Mm-hmm. The question is, is that still going to be true in 12 months? And how do we get them to a place where they've done all of these other opportunities that they've taken advantage of this campaign or that campaign to keep on scaling the business. Because at the end of the day, we do these things in marketing and advertising so that businesses can succeed financially, right? And that should be scalable over time. Yeah, I I think what's important that a lot of people neglect is like, oh, I'm doing Facebook ads. A lot of business owners will say, I'm doing Google ads, I'm doing Facebook ads, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But what are you doing to separate yourself from all of your competitors? Because that's one thing you need to be cognizant of Mm -hmm. is that, you know, if, if, you know, if every brand out there is using the same type of creative or same type of this and that, you're not standing out and it's just a sea of noise. Right. So I think that's one of the prevailing factors that comes into consideration when people think about a marketing strategy in 2024 is, Hey, yo, like what's making my brand different? How can I speak directly to my audience and resonate with them? And that pain problem that they have, yeah. because if I'm scrolling through my feed and somebody's offering me something, but it doesn't speak directly to me, mm-hmm. there's an immediate disconnect there. I don't have the mental capacity or patience to click on that ad. Yeah. It has to speak directly to me because I know that next ad is going to resonate mm-hmm. and it's going to get me to take that action. And I would also say, because yes, and um, it has to be on the right platform because you know, yes, there's, you know, what, almost 3 billion people on Facebook and Instagram, but every individual person in in your ideal customer or client profile is going to have a platform that they interact with the most. Like I, I personally might spend less time on social media feeds, but I spend a lot of time in my inbox 
and emails will work on someone like me. For someone else, maybe it's an SMS campaign. For someone else, maybe it's Google search. A lot of people trust the top results on Google a heck of a lot and go to Google to answer their questions. And if something is the answer at the top of that page, I mean, we're just talking about different types of digital advertising now, SEO, email marketing, social media. Um, but going back to the question at the top of this episode, that I think is what has changed the most since, and again, not just since you started this podcast three and a half years ago, but the, the real advent of digital marketing as a mass media platform a little over a decade back. I think now it's the, the, the talent is in finding a campaign that works for the ideal customer for the ideal brand. Because I think so many businesses fall into the trap of thinking that everyone is their potential customer. So they just want to shout into that noise as loud as possible. And that's not something that's going to scale, obviously, over time, because there is an ideal strategic campaign or advertising effort or platform or person for every single business. You identify that by running the right campaign, ultimately. And it, you brought up a good point there. And it's it's you you used the word think, right? Yeah. Because you know what? You know what's funny is we've been doing this for so long, yeah. um, you know, we think something is going to work. Yeah. We see an ad, we create a video ad and we're like, oh, it's going to crush it. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to really crush it. And right. it's going to work nine times out of 10. It does. No. This is why it's so important for everyone out there and including ourselves to yeah. do testing, testing, yeah. testing, testing, always got to test, right? Yeah. So using dynamic ads on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I love testing on those two platforms because mm -hmm. they're the biggest pool of people. And you can really get um, get some finite results just by testing on those platforms, and then rolling out other campaigns on the likes of LinkedIn, TikTok, where you know you might be able to you know not use those platforms to test because it's going to be a little more expensive. Yep. But my point is this: is when you're running dynamic ads and testing various videos and images and headlines and copy against one another, you really get a good idea as to what works. Yes, with yep. your audience and looking at the insights. You know, we had this recently. We're running a campaign right now targeting people 25 to 65 plus for lead gen, right? And and it was a mistake because why are we targeting 65 plus? Yeah. For you know, for for entrepreneurs that are sixty five yeah. plus, not exactly our core audience, um, but for some reason the algorithm wants to serve that audience our ads mm -hmm. because we're optimizing for the specific campaign on uh, is it leads? It's mostly it's quantity of leads. Quantity of leads. Yeah. So it makes you wonder. Well, maybe a lot of people sixty five plus are very trigger happy with leads, <laughs> lead generation, and yeah. they see an ad and it's like, oh, okay, I'll just click around here because we know people in that demographic are typically scrolling through their feed much slower. They, they have, have a longer time. attention span, yeah. right? So it, it's safe to say that those are the ones that are inquisitive and clicking on ads and becoming leads. Yeah. Just by looking at that data, it's like, why are we serving our ads to fifty percent of these leads are sixty five plus? Let's refine this audience. Let's fix it. Let's scale back a bit. A lot of that stuff has to happen, but it's only figured out through a lot of testing. Yeah, to figure and, that. Out. And testing on every platform, right? Because like, because dynamic ads are a great example when it comes to social media. But like, even if you're working with a very basic like email CRM as an example, right? You can segment your audience. Take ten percent four times. Give each of them a different, say, subject line for exactly the same email campaign. 
and see which subject line is the most engaging to get someone to actually open the email in the first place. Like there's always a, people, people go, go back a lot on the uh, testing phase of some campaigns, the opportunity of uh, that a learning phase provides. If you can do something like that and find a particular open rate has even a 10% bump on a particular other open rate in your campaign and 60% of your audience gets the better one. Mm. You're talking about real numbers that contribute to more people actually seeing your messaging, the opportunity to increase your click throughs and all the other buzzwords that we can toss out there in, in you know, digital marketing. That's the difference in, all well, goes back to diversification, right? Yeah. If you have one message on one platform to one profile, yeah. you, you're limiting so much your opportunity to grow and scale because by, by reaching new profiles and, and, and new placements and new platforms and new apps or what have you, by diversifying your messaging, like all of this, all these different types of diversification make the end campaign, yeah. the campaign that works. Yes, absolutely. As opposed to just saying, let's just do this. Yeah, because it's the right messaging with the right audience, yeah. right? And, and we got we, we have to give credit to Zucks and yep. the algorithm on Meta and the algorithm for all the social yep. media platforms for that matter. They have so much data a- on our audience. We don't really need to do a whole ton of interest-based targeting like we used to. That's it. That's okay. Absolutely right. We want to feed the algorithm and say, hey, look, and we understand during the learning phase, within the, maybe the first three to five days of a campaign, Facebook's just throwing our ads out there mm-hmm. to see who's taking the bait, to see who's taking the actions. 100%. And based on that data, we'll go, the algorithm, Meta, will go ahead and present that content to a similar audience. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there, especially since Cambridge Analytica, yeah. That are not comfortable giving their interests to social media. That are not comfortable telling Facebook the, their favorite books or their favorite movies and things like that. So, but they take a lot of similar actions to your target audience. But Facebook has that data. Meta has that data. We don't have that data. So it's safe to say that Meta knows a lot more about your audience than you do because Meta knows the books that they read, people they follow, whether they have a tendency to click on content and convert on content. And all of the behaviors that they have in their post Facebook experience, in a lot of cases too, where they're going after Facebook, you know. So, like, feed, let feed the algorithm. Let the algorithm decide the audience that you need to target. Yeah, and and, and I mean, and feed the entire funnel too, right? Because if, if that's your top of funnel, right, what you're getting is more people that you can remarket to, more people that you can follow up with, more people that are informing your next cold outreach campaign because you're getting a better idea of what that person looks like. And at the end of the day, I think. I think adding more people to that funnel and keeping the funnel running until you can identify exactly where your path to success is in advertising. And then we've said this for years now, doubling down on what is working. If you have a route to victory in your funnel, just continuing to test while reinvesting in the parts of your digital marketing campaign that are working is always the best path forward. If you have something top of funnel that is getting an incredible amount of leads that you know two weeks from now are actually converting, you have a measurable CPA, that is something that you should be reinvesting in while, say you're in month three, four, five, six, you try another avenue, you take like a new blue ocean strategy to expand. Maybe now you have that core foundational campaign Maybe now is when you try Google ads, right? You got your message out there. Maybe now that you have a Google ad campaign pushing traffic to a landing page, maybe now it's time to get a a 5, 10, 25 page website and try local SEO, right? And whatever it works for your business. There's all these other things that 
offer expansion opportunities. And I think that's all we're really saying here, right? Is finding the one through testing that works for your business and brand. And that's why we talk to all of these hundreds of experts that have all these different opportunities in our toolkit. And then as you have that sort of foundational success for a business, continuing to grow so that you know you are adding more to your bottom line, you are reaching you know new and perhaps unexpected audiences, and you are growing the business over time. I think that it's it's such a very high level. I fully recognize that, but like at a very 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 bird's eye view, it starts with with testing to find what works, doubling down on whatever that avenue to success is, while expanding and again to use the title of this episode, diversifying into other ways to keep on succeeding as well. And the more of these core avenues to success that your business or brand has, every single one of those adds to your bottom line. So that's how over time you're gonna keep on succeeding because look, maybe TikTok wasn't right for you, but maybe an SMS text campaign was, and that's now a full arm of your marketing strategy while you work on your newsletter campaign and your social ads that are contributing new subscribers to that newsletter. I, I think that's the kind of diversification that we're talking about here. Yeah, it, it, let's be honest, like uh, our happiest clients as an agency, our mm -hmm. happiest clients are clients that started with us with one service offering, yep. social media, SEO, Google, but evolved it to a second, yeah. a third, a fourth, exactly. email marketing, yep. you know, Lego blocking on some Google yeah. advertising with some, maybe some organic social sprinkled in there, trying some Pinterest advertising. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. type of clients are the clients that are most happy with us because well, A, they obviously trust us. And B, we got a really good idea of who that audience is that we need to get after. And we can craft creative catered to that audience, yeah. crafting lead magnets created to that audience that resonate. So we can go in there and it's like, shooting fish in a barrel to get leads because yeah. we know exactly what lead magnet is going to resonate best with that audience to give us the lowest cost lead. Because we tested. Yeah. I think that's a takeaway, mm -hmm. right? Because because you, once, once you test, you can diversify because you can diversify without just guessing. You mentioned this earlier, right? Like, oh, I think this would work. I think this would work. Um, a lot of business owners still trust that um, that very optimistic advertising or promotional strategy where, oh, you know, everyone has a great TikTok video campaign. So you need one too. I think that'd yeah. be great for you, right? I think acknowledging that there's going to be a, a campaign that works for you once you've tested it and then diversifying. I, I think that's, again, it's a very high level of what advertising and marketing in the digital ecosystem is. But I think ultimately that's the, that's the takeaway of not just like what we do today, but what we have been doing this entire time is, yeah. is understanding that like if we started that fresh crowd, just doing organic Facebook posts, that did work for some businesses. That worked for some businesses who were, have been with us for years on this journey. But as we as an industry in advertising and marketing grew into other opportunities, so too did the successful clients. And that's why we've been working with some you know businesses and brands for like years. Like we, we've been working with some brands since before you started this podcast mm -hmm. in 2020, mm -hmm. right? Those are the ones that follow that roadmap mm -hmm. because the ones that do succeed because the roadmap, as long as you're strategic about how you deploy it, that roadmap works. Yeah. 
it's uh, you know just getting into the the nitty gritty of it for a second because obviously you know in terms of creative right because I think a lot of business owners um, are always trying to think about creative how do I messaging, uh, messaging? but actually the actual creative element right like one thing that we we stray away from as much as possible is any sort of stock photography oh, yeah. any of our content even if it's a graphic design done in Canva it's like we're trying to stay away from that stock because people are numb to it now. They see stock photography, they see stock images in, in some sort of a, a Canva template. It's like, I'm scrolling past that. I'm not yeah. even paying attention to it. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, you know, obviously video is important. Getting video yeah. content to help your brand personalize with the audience is imperative, but also blending that into other pieces of content like some uh, images for as, uh, as well is important. We ran a campaign recently for one of our own assets, mm -hmm. uh, a magazine. It's um, it's a garden magazine and called Curbwise. And we ran a giveaway uh, for a three night stay in a resort in Turks and Caicos. Okay. And we put this out there on social. We got cheap, cheap leads. We were getting yeah. 20 cent leads, 20 cent leads and these leads were email subscribers for our email newsletter list mm -hmm. um super cheap i mean everybody likes free stuff and everybody yep. likes the opportunity to win something so it was very cheap to get leads um we ran dynamic ads meaning we were testing different variations of video and images copy and headline and i was shocked at the winning ad the, the winning ad the winning creative because we we made some really nice videos we edited some really nice videos showing like drone footage of a beach in turks and caicos the algorithm didn't like it. They like yeah. this uh, templated image yeah. created in Canva with a picture of two people on a beach with an umbrella saying win a three nights win a three night stay in Turks and Caicos. And this one ad absolutely crushed it. Yeah. 20 cent leads. I, I think 90% of the leads came from this one creative. Uh, and that that's I mean, and we can probably sit here for you know three hours longer and go through all of the advantages of that that testing phase. I do think well, hold on before you go on there. Yep. Why do you think that creative why? How did that creative win? I mean, I okay, in in, in this particular month, I do think there is an overabundance of video content as a direct result of TikTok's popularity. One hundred. I think as soon as people saw TikToks popping off, whether it's like influencer content you know the um like tiktok made me buy like with someone showing off a product there's a lot of like street interview content it's, it's all vertical video i think as soon as advertisers who are primarily not on tiktok say this time last year saw the unbelievable amount of you know, viral reach that platform was providing to organic content i think a lot of advertisers and marketers chased a, a, a shiny object mm. and just went after something mm. that was in the news and in the headlines and i think everyone felt a bit of a pull to mimic a bit of the tiktok mm. approach and i do think that left if you didn't go you know chasing a shiny object i think it left a bit of a gap in a in an advertisement that you can ingest the information of in about a second and a if you're a quick reader, right? Yep. I think that's one of the advantages still of still stands content. out, stands out, right? Well, and it's quick, yeah. right? I feel like it's like it, how much text is really in a still image advertisement, right? Mm -hmm. Sub 20 words, that's maybe one and a half seconds mm -hmm. of skimming. How many words can you say in a video in the first one and a half seconds, mm -hmm. right? In some cases, yeah, video content is great to get a message across in three, four, five seconds. But like for me personally, if I'm running 
a, a Black Friday ad next month. Something about a still image that just shows the percentage off or the discount or the promo, whatever it might be, that can be a more immediate messaging. Yeah. Because I'm not waiting the even two or three seconds for somebody to say, come on down to such and such. We have 20% off all weekend. Yeah. Like, there's still an advantage to all these different platforms and placements and creative types. That's why you can't just only do like the TikTok thing today. That's a very interesting uh, um, thought on that. And I, I, to be honest, I never thought about that side of it, but that's true. It's like quicker. people are really, obviously there's, yeah. there's friction with the video. Yeah. There is friction with the video because people need to weed out all the noise that you're talking about within the video to get to the pain point that you're addressing in the video. Even if it's like three seconds. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so much quicker just to read it out and get to the point point. Yeah. read an image, you get to the point. I personally think it had a lot to do with the amount of inventory. And there's just yeah. not a lot of people who are doing image ads anymore, That's true too. Um, which opens up a huge opportunity for that inventory, which is definitely um, not uh, being fulfilled as much potentially on Meta. So, um, but I like your angle on that. So everybody, don't just do video. Don't live and breathe video. If you're doing don't just do ads. any one thing. Don't like that, that, that's what we're saying. Don't, it, it, you might have a killer video. By all means, please run it. Like, please run the video as an ad if you have a great video. But if you, if you only do video content, even if you put it on every platform, I still think you're missing the core message of, of what we're talking about here, which is to test every variable. There's so much going on. Test embedding a video in your next email newsletter, but also test a, a, a still image carousel on an old like, Instagram uh, account that you haven't used recently. Like test whatever it may be. The benefit of putting this out there is data and as long as you're tracking your metrics, we didn't even get into that, but like set yourself up to succeed by putting tracking in place. Mm -hmm. If you're not tracking like your, your results, your pixels, your cookies, your tags, what have you, then you're never going to know the result of your test. Mm -hmm. That should come obvious, but mm -hmm. I'm sure some people have sites right now that don't have all of the cookies and tracking pixels in place. Get your pixels in place. If you're listening right now, it drives me crazy. It drives me, I lose so much sleep over this. Go to your website, install tracking tags, please. It takes what, two minutes? Mm. But that is what unlocks the opportunity to say like, never just do a video, never just do a still image either. Never just, even the way you, the message you actually use, right? Like I would suggest if you're doing a message for, and let's go say Black Friday, right? Oh, I really want to offer a 50% discount on a particular product line, hypothetically, right? Run that for sure. But that's also kind of a buy one, get one. And that's also kind of half off, mm -hmm. right? So like you can test the at the highest level what your actual offer is to find the offer that's enticing, to find the platform that delivers that offer, to find the creative that best communicates on the platform what that offer is, this is what we're talking about when we're saying what's changed, mm. right? The ability to diversify your offer, your message, your platform, your placement, et cetera, to find the one that works and, and then stick with that, double down and expand out from there. I know we've gone mm. a bit overboard because we talked about earlier in the podcast, every episode is between 20 minutes and 30 minutes. So um, I do want to wrap this up being cognizant of everybody's time and their commute to work or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. Um, so I do want to say uh, thank you to everybody that's listened to the Merge Marketing Podcast, that's watched the Merge Marketing Podcast. We're going to close a book on the Merged Marketing Podcast, and we're going to pivot over to a new podcast called Drop the Mic with me, Jason Hunt. And uh, I'm excited for this one because we got a lot of big hitters on this podcast. 
Brendan Kane, who's the author of Hookpoint, Craig Campbell, if you're an SEO, you know who Craig Campbell is, Dennis Yu, Anna Gita, big hitters in the marketing space are going to be on this podcast. So stay tuned for that. Can't wait to launch it. It's coming to you very soon. Um, without further ado, I guess we should end episode 200. You know, we end every episode with the same question. The same question. If you had to have one person represent your brand that are alive, Jason Hunt, who would it be? Oh, wow. Okay. So it's funny because I've never actually answered this question. Oh, I know. Um, I was pocketing that one for the uh, end. I know. But yeah. I actually want to pull out ChatGPT to give me some suggestions. Yeah, yeah but, top, top 10. Um, yeah, top 10. Yeah. Uh, you know what, man? I was a kid. I, I used to play uh, I played a lot of sports and my, my, uh, my icon growing up, my idol, uh, was Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. Nice. Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders um, were two uh, famous athletes. Bo Jackson played baseball and football, and likewise, uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, mm -hmm. Multiple sport athletes. They're able to excel in both sports, and I feel like that would be a great ambassador for our own brand as, you know, we do are, we are the expert and we do crush it yeah. in multiple areas of marketing, and I think those would be some great... Uh, brand ambassadors for Merge Media. What about you? Oh, I know it's funny. I'm also, I also go sports. I think I've answered this one on the, on the previous episode. I'm still, I'm going to go sports. I'm just going to go more modern sports and say Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp. Oh, the best leader that we got. Liverpool. I had to sneak it in right at the very end. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think uh, at the end of the day, we're both talking about leaders, right? And leaders in the space. So yeah. that's it for me. Awesome. All right. And if you want to get in touch with uh, Dave or myself, it's Dave at merged.ca, Jason at merged.ca, or you can hit us up on the socials. You know, mine, Jay Hunt Official uh, or at Merged Media. See ya. I'd like to take this last opportunity to thank all of you listeners, along with the guests. We couldn't have done this show without you. Uh, 200 episodes, it's quite a feat. So I thought uh, on this special occasion, I would end episode 200 with a little throwback to my old band from Japan, the KJs, and a song titled What You Project. I think this is a great finale to episode 200. Enjoy the track. Have a good one. And stay tuned. Coming soon, Drop the Mic Marketing.
turns. Call me amazing, I'm the connector, connecting the people in the local sector. What you project is what you get. I want a mama jetty, let's get married. What you project is what you get. Let's get married on a ferry. What you project is what you get. I want a mama jetty. you 